Hello and welcome to Scripture Snacks with Shelby, the podcast designed to make you hunger for more. I am your host, Shelby Teague, and we are here at the end of our Levels of Presence journey. You made it. You did it. You stuck with me for these four episodes. We took this hike together, and I know that some of you have experienced new levels of God's presence. Some of you may have really honed in on the levels of presence we have with each other, with our earthly relationships. Some of you may have revolutionized um, some of, or should I say repositioned some people in your life to the level in which they are called to. Today, I am excited to take this another step further. We have talked about levels of presence, and today I want to talk about how to press into the presence of God. We talked about the layers of his presence and the access we have to come boldly to the throne of grace. So how do we do that? How do we get there? I want you to take a listen to another portion of my message on the presence of God It's going to give some insight. We're going to hit all kinds of stuff from the tabernacle to eternity. Take a listen and I'll touch base with you afterwards. Check this out. I want to talk tonight about the progression to his presence. The progression to his presence. You know, the reason that the Old Testament is still so applicable to our daily lives. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because everything in the Old Testament was laid out to line us up with Jesus, to get us to the heart of God and what he had in mind. And so although now we may not worship God with sacrifice and burnt offerings, there are principles we can extract from what God required of his people to understand his preferences in the New Testament. And so as we talk about the progression of his presence, I have to go back to the tabernacle. Y'all remember the tabernacle? I hope somebody watching tonight had the pleasure of being a part of one of the many times that we have taught on the tabernacle here at Uproar Church. It is a a heavy topic. It is very detailed. It's, It's a lot. But there's something beautiful that we learn about Jesus in our study of the tabernacle. So as we look at that tonight, we see that with the tabernacle, let's bring up the picture there of the diagram of how that was laid out. I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I, but I want to I wanna explain to you the progression to his presence. If you, you see all the way to the left-hand side is the holy of holies. And that's where in the tabernacle, the glory of the Lord would fall. That's where the presence of God would show up. And only the priests could enter into the Holy of Holies. And only under certain circumstances and at certain times and after certain ceremonies and washings and cleansings and sacrifices had taken place. And only if he did all that God said and was found blameless and holy in that moment, could he go behind the veil and come in contact with the presence and the glory of God. And as we move out from the Holy of Holies, we see the holy place. We see the outer courtyard. 
So you may be more familiar with the outer court, inner court, and holy of holies, but it's the progression. Only certain people could come into the outer court, fewer into the holy place, and only the priest into the holy of holies. And as you can see, between each level is a barrier. At first, we have the gate to get into the outer court. Next, we have the door that gets us into the holy place. And lastly, we have the veil that guards us from the holiness of God. As we look at this, this example of how God's people in the Old Testament were to progress into his presence, we can find truths of how we are to operate now. And the key to going to deeper dimensions with him. The first thing I want to talk about is, is the gate. The first thing that we need to do is to get through the gate. We've got to get through the gate. We've got to get through the gate. How do we get through the gate? I'm so glad you asked. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That means the key to the gate is your praise. Before we ever think that we have the right to press into the most holy place, that level of intimacy, we must first approach the king with the praise that he is due. In order to take that first step into his presence, the key to the gate is your praise. So whenever you're in a situation where you just need God to rush in, I want to encourage you to start giving him some praise, to start thanking him for what he's done, to start praising him in advance for the promises that he's still going to fulfill because your praise is your key to your gate. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. And then once we get through the gate and we're in his courtyard, the proper way. Have you ever been in a situation where you, you had never been before and so you didn't know how to carry yourself? Like maybe you found yourself seated at a table that you weren't qualified for. I have found myself there where I'm looking around at music producers and actresses and millionaires and royalty and I did not belong there. And so in order to figure out how Shelby was supposed to carry herself, I just looked at somebody else who looked like they knew what they were doing. I remember my husband and I were invited to a, a, a nice dinner some, some years and years ago, um, this particular dinner, and there was so much silverware on the table that I was lost. And they served the first course, and I sat there and waited for somebody else to pick up a utensil because I didn't know which of the four forks to use. When, when you've never been into a space, it is wise to sit back and see how it's done, to not rush in with your own agenda. Because I would have looked like the uneducated, informal little girl at the table using the, the steak fork for my salad. But I just sat back. And you know what was funny? The lady next to me tapped me and said, do you know which fork we're supposed to use? So we both had to wait for somebody that knew what they were doing. Psalm 100 gives us a clue on, on how to carry ourselves in the courtyard. 
You've entered into the gate with thanksgiving. And now that you're in his courts, come on and give him some praise. Come on and lift up his name. Come on and exalt who he is. His name sits high above the heavens. But go ahead and remind yourself just how big he is. Go ahead and remind yourself that he really is in control of all things. Once you've passed through the gate, the appropriate attitude, the appropriate posture is praise. The next barrier is the door. We have the gate to the outer court. Then we have the door we need to get through to get into the inner court. In John 10 verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. I'm the door. You, you have to enter through me. See, see, I don't think we're going to have time to talk about it tonight. I was going to go deeper into praise and worship and what they mean and the difference between the two. But, but one thing I want to share with you is this, that anybody can praise God. You don't have to have a relationship with God to praise him. You can get on the stage after receiving an award and first give honor to God and not actually know him. Anybody can give God praise. Jesus said, if the humans don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. The rocks don't have an intimate relationship with me, but anybody can recognize who I am. Anybody can thank me for what they know I've done. Even if they choose never to step in and get closer and go deeper, anybody can praise God. But it requires relationship to worship. It requires relationship to worship. So Jesus is saying, in order to enter into the inner court, you've got to come through me. You've got to know me. You've got to accept me because I am the door. I am the door. And if we bring that, that graphic back up, I don't have time to break down the whole tabernacle, right? But in the inner court, there's the table of showbread. Everything in the inner court reflects Jesus. Everything in the inner court is a symbol of Jesus. Everything in your place of worship should have to do with Jesus. Everything about that space pointed to who he was going to be. Because remember in the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't yet appeared in his incarnate form. These were just clues on who he was. And so the table of showbread showed that he was the bread of life. It was, it was bordered with two crowns representing that he would hold two offices, both king and priest. The, the golden lampstand showed that Jesus was the light of the world. And it was made specifically out of beaten gold. Not, not, not any other way were they to form and fashion this lampstand but to beat it. Because that was symbolic of the suffering that Jesus would endure. And there's the altar of incense, which represents prayers going before God. The Bible lets us know that Jesus is forever making intercession for us. He's praying for us on our behalf when we don't even realize it. Everything in the place of worship is centered around Jesus. It's centered around Jesus. And as our hearts bow before the king because we, we, we get through the gate with praise. We hang out in the courtyard with thanksgiving. If we have Jesus in our life, now we can go deeper into worship. 
But because of Jesus' work on the cross, the veil is already torn. So the only thing separating us from the inner court and the holy of holies is your ability to be still in his presence. To be in a posture of surrender in his presence. To submit your will to his way. To offer up all that you are and all that you had in mind and ask him to rush in. See, the veil was torn, giving us access, but we've still got to come in. We've still got to be intentional. So when you hear sometimes on stage, when I'm leading worship, I'll say something like, come on, let's press into his presence. That is, that is my cue for the congregation to, to, to be intentional, to not be distracted by whatever the enemy is trying to put on your mind right now that would turn your attention away from anything but Jesus. Come on and be still. Just soak in his presence. Just recognize that he's here. Just surrender everything you want and everything you feel right now. And let's go in because if we linger long enough, that's when we enter into the Holy of Holies. That's when we get to experience signs, miracles, wonders. That's when his presence becomes all we need. See, sometimes we enter into his gates because we have a list of prayer requests and we're just trying to get to the king. So maybe he can grant some of those requests. But by the time we get into his presence, we no longer need any of those things we had in mind because when we get into his presence, his presence is all that we need. His presence begins to wash away and melt our every wants, everything that was stressing us out, everything that we thought we weren't gonna make it another day. If we didn't have, his presence becomes more than enough. His presence is all that I want. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because when you taste him once, you'll come back for more. You'll never be able to kick the craving for what you experienced during that one, that one Sunday. You know, you fell to your knees. You had never fallen to your knees before in worship or you lifted your hands for the first time. If you grew up like me, that was a huge no-no. We didn't lift our hands because God forbid we draw attention to ourselves. But there was that moment when, when you just, you felt it, you felt God's presence and all you could do in his presence was surrender. And when you experience his presence, you always hunger for more because it's unlike anything we experience on this earth. His presence on that level is like a taste of heaven. It's like, it's like a glimpse of what we're going to be able to spend eternity in. That's why there's a, a quote that says, if you don't like worshiping here on earth, you sure as heck aren't ready for heaven because that's all it's going to be. 24 seven in his presence, in his presence is where we'll be. And while his presence is the prize, there are also a few things that we find in his presence. I'm going to give those to you tonight, and then we're going to open up for questions. The first thing we find in his presence is joy. We find joy in his presence. Psalm 16, says that in thy presence is not just joy, but fullness of it fullness of joy. 
The next thing we find in his presence is rest. We find rest in his presence. In Exodus 33, God said to Moses, I know things around you are crazy, but my presence will go with you into this thing that I'm calling you to, which is also crazy. But because my presence is going with you, there you'll find rest. See, it's almost like God's presence is like like a bubble. It's like a shield. It's like a guard allowing us to walk through the fire and not even come out smelling like smoke. It's the ability to be able to walk through what others would have burned up in or drowned in. And yet the presence of God gave us the ability. It surrounded us within and without to be sure that we came out not looking like what we had been through. In the presence of God, we find rest. And the third thing we find in the presence of God is victory. Victory. Psalm 9 verse 3 says, when my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. I don't know if you have any haters in your life, but when you feel like they're coming close in on your heels, I want to encourage you to rush into his presence because they can't exist there. They will perish in his presence. And if you think about it, all of our struggles in life boil down to to three overarching issues. They boil down to discouragement, distress, and defeat. We become discouraged by what we see and sometimes even what we've survived. We become distressed by what tomorrow may hold because we can't figure out one day to the next. Or sometimes in life we experience momentary defeat. The Bible says that the righteous falls down seven times, but the thing that makes him righteous is that he gets back up. Doesn't mean you're not going to fall. The promise is you won't stay down. And so if we're in God's presence and his joy can cancel out the discouragement and his rest can wash away the distress and his victory will remind us that defeat is not the end of our story then I submit to you tonight, his presence is all that we need. It's all that we'll have when we reach eternity, but we have access to it as we walk through this earth. And I want to encourage you to do whatever it takes to press into his presence, to go deeper, to linger longer, to still your heart, to do whatever you must. Because when you taste just a moment in his presence, I promise your life will never be the same. It'll never be the same. Your life will never be the same. Listen, for those of you who know exactly what I'm talking about, I don't have to say another word to convince you that his presence is the prize. His presence when you are in it is all that you need. And so I hope that these last few episodes have given you some things to chew on, that they have given you some tools to put into practice in your life and in your relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, everything that he instructs us to do everything that he has set up for us to chase after is only ever for our good. 
and is only to become all that he's called us to be and experience all that he has in store for our life. So I want to encourage you this week that whatever distractions come your way, whatever responsibilities are threatening to overwhelm your mind and take your attention, do whatever it takes to press into his presence. Because whatever you're feeling as a response to the pressures of this life will be washed away in just a moment in his presence. I want to thank you once again for going on this journey with me. Next week, we're going to pick up on a new topic. I have some new things in mind and in store. We're talking some videos. We're talking some Q&A episodes. I got some tricks up my sleeve, so I'm excited for the future of Scripture Snacks with Shelby. Thanks for hanging with me. Be sure to follow me, stay connected on social media at I am Shelby Teague. And if you have a question, a suggestion, a comment or concern, head over to shelbyteague.com forward slash podcast and you can shoot me a message. Have a wonderful week. Focus on Jesus and nothing else will matter. We'll talk soon.